got to love this place. You just got to love this place. So many things going on. Certificate for baptism. We have these. We'll give these out at the closing service uh, for the feral children and for Mr. Maddox. My goodness alive. Isn't that wonderful? We'll do that at the close. We'll bring them down here if you will, please. Good to see you today. Really, real quickly, let me recognize somebody. Uh, Greg Hedgepath, one of our newer members here, uh, does so much. And we're in the process of trying to get a, a website up. Some of you have been wanting that for a while. And uh, we're trying to get that worked out about having a professional website up for our church. And it will have the sermons, the scripts, uh, they're printed. Uh, nobody can read my writing, but they're all printed and they'll be uh, transferred to that website and there'll be the option of listening to it on audio, no video. Uh, we're not going to do video because cameras don't like me and I don't like cameras, but I have a trained voice for speaking uh, on radio and in public messages and I'm quite comfortable with that. But uh, it's not any problem with Greg at all. Greg is wonderful. But Greg, I want you to stand up. I want everybody to see you. Let's give him a hand. Will you? That's wonderful. Uh, we'll, we'll be putting things on the website about events coming, prayer requests, a lot of things. But you've been wanting that for a long time. And, and Greg's pursuing this for us. And I appreciate that. So very much. He's such a blessing. Look at Matthew chapter 3, if you will, please. Matthew chapter 3. We've just seen a visual aid of the message. We're going to talk about baptism today. There are three different kinds of baptism mentioned in this text. Matthew 3, verses 11 through 13. Matthew 3, 11 through 13. If you'll stand, please look at these verses together. I just love being with you and thank you for coming. A good crowd today. And and there's Jessica back there and Jules. They've been, where you been in Texas? My goodness, we're glad you're home. Uh, I hope you didn't lose your southern draw. A little different in Texas. But thank you for coming, all of you today. Let's look at the verses. Matthew 3, 11 through 13. We'll look at three different kinds of baptism. I indeed baptize you with water into repentance, John said, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his feet into the garner, his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Let's look at these three different kinds of baptisms for a few minutes this morning. I think you'll find this interesting. Pray with me. Dear Lord, I'm so grateful for all that's happened in here this morning. The wonderful singing, the fellowship, the baptismal service. How beautiful and wonderful that is. Thank you for all you're doing. We praise your glorious name. Now, Holy Spirit, with all that's going on in this world, it would be a tragedy if all these people heard about today was from me and my voice and seeing me. Oh, may I become, if possible, invisible so that I'm not even in the picture. 
And Holy Spirit, our Lord is magnified. And they hear from heaven. And everyone in here has their needs met this morning. Some may be for salvation. Others for lifting of a burden, for encouragement. Whatever the need might be. Holy Spirit, be our preacher today and give us wonderful words of life. And I'll bless you for all you do. For asking in your name and with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you and be Amen. seated. Isn't the Bible an amazing book? It is so profound and exhaustive, and yet in these three verses, we have three different baptisms condensed. And that's just an amazing thing, how that could be put into three verses. But let's look at the first one first of all. The baptism of Jesus is found in verse 13, where he came to John to be baptized in the Jordan River. Now, the baptism of Jesus presents three important truths. And I want you to get them first of all. Scriptural fulfillment. In verse 13, Jesus said uh, in verse 15 that I want all Scripture fulfilled unto righteousness. Now, Luke tells us that Isaiah prophesied about this, listen, some five to six hundred years before it happened. That has to impress you. You don't know of a book that can do that. No writer of a book would dare attempt to predict something happening five to six hundred years ahead of time, and yet this book, the Bible, God's Holy Word, predicted this about Jesus being baptized by John in the Jordan River five to six hundred years before it happened, and when John was baptizing Jesus, it fulfilled Scripture. Listen, oh, I love this. Every promise that's ever been fulfilled in the Bible was fulfilled at the very jot and tittle, every detail. It has never missed it, not one time. Amen. Hundreds and thousands of verses, promises have already been fulfilled, and there are some yet to be fulfilled about our Lord's second coming. It stands to reason, ladies and gentlemen, if the Lord fulfilled those in every detail and not one of them failed and they've already been fulfilled the ones yet to be fulfilled are going to be as well that are excited everyone in this building who is saved it's going to happen Jesus will come again as promised oh my that's exciting so many wonderful things coming as promised by our wonderful Lord there are over 8,000 promises in your Bible and every single one of them will be fulfilled according as they were given not one Part of it will be missed. That's wonderful. You don't know a book in the world will do that, but the Word of God. And so when Jesus was baptized, it fulfilled Scripture. Another thing, it spoke of the sinlessness of Jesus. In verse 14, uh, Jesus said this, uh, John said this, I can't baptize you. Do you see that? John at the beginning said, I can't baptize you. Jesus said, you must to fulfill prophecy. But then back in verse 11, he said, there's one coming who is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to unlatch. This speaks of the sinlessness of the Son of God. This was not just another convert being baptized. 
Jesus didn't need to be converted. He didn't have any sins to be converted from. He was baptized to fulfill Scripture, and he was baptized as a testimony of his sinlessness. And John said, I'm not even worthy to stoop down and unbuckle your sandals because you're mightier than I. And can I have an amen from everybody in this room who believes Jesus is mightier than any man who's ever walked across the pages of history. He's the sinless Son of God, and I'm glad I know Him, and I hope you do. He's the sinless Savior. He is so wonderful. And then there was another thing, and that is to show the proper mode of baptism. Did you notice how Roger baptized these converts? In the water. Now, verse 16, look at the language of it. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. That means he went down under it and he came up out of it. That shows the proper mode of baptism. There's only one proper mode of baptism in your Bible, and that's by immersion. Not sprinkling or pouring. That came through the Catholic Church in the 3rd century. But by immersion, going down under the water, coming up out of it. And oh my, by the way, I was praying that electric motor didn't fail when that uh, thing was down and we were giving all the announcements and it was still down when we were getting ready to baptize. I thought, Lord, I hope that motor's not broke. We won't get to see a thing. But anyway, uh, proper mode is by immersion. It shows a beautiful picture of what happens inside you when you meet the Savior, when you're saved by grace. Your old life is gone. You have a new life in the Savior. And Paul talked about this in Romans 6, 4. He said, we're buried with him in in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. What a beautiful picture baptism is. It shows what happened inside you when you met the Savior. You died to the old life and now you have a new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it shows the proper mode of baptism. That's wonderful. Then there's a second baptism mentioned here. If you'd like to know what it is, say amen. Amen. Not only the baptism of Jesus, but the baptism of Pentecost. Verse 11, look at the last part of it. He, that is the Lord Jesus, shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. This took place after the crucifixion and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The 120 men and women waiting in an upper room for the coming of the Holy Spirit. This is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now listen carefully. A lot of confusion about this. A lot of people try to seek after some kind of a second work of grace or some kind of a special gift from the Holy Spirit and all these kind of things. Listen, they didn't do one thing to make Him come. He was promised to come. Jesus said this in John 14, 16. He said, I will send him unto you. When he came, according to Acts 2, 1, 4, listen to this, the, the two modes, the two positions of prayer in Jewish culture was either pray, either standing or kneeling, but Acts 2 says they were sitting. They didn't do one thing, Wayne, for him to come. They did not pray him down. He came down as a gift from the Father. He came down because Jesus promised for him to come. And I'm sure glad he came. Now here's what happened to those 120 men and women. They were already saved. But the infant church was being formed. 
And when the Holy Spirit came, He came in the form. He came down as cloven tongues, like as a fire, not fire, but cloven tongues as of fire, sitting upon each of them, and it united them and formed that infant body of Christ, empowered them to do the work of the Lord. Now. Everyone that is saved after that, because that was a one-time act, a final act, there'll be no more Pentecost. But everyone that's saved is made a part of what happened on the day of Pentecost. You were made a part of that baptism because you're brought into the body of Christ. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. By one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Everyone that is saved is made a part of that one body, that building, that bride, that body called the Church of Jesus Christ. And I hope everybody's in it today. Amen. You don't get in it by signing card. You don't get in it by shaking the preacher's hand. You don't even get in it by being baptized. That doesn't wash your sins away. The blood of Christ washes away your sins. But oh my, to be a part of the family of God. Doesn't it feel good to be in here today? Amen. We're family. This is family. And I love it. Amen. The baptism at Pentecost. So much misunderstanding there. But there should not be. But he came as was promised. My, what a day that must have been when it filled the room as a rushing mighty wind. And people try to duplicate that, make that happen again. It'll never happen again. But what we have is just as real and just as wonderful because the same Holy Spirit that did that on the day of Pentecost lives inside you if you're a child of God. Same wonderful Holy Spirit of God. Don't you love Him? Absolutely wonderful. Vance Abner said this about the day of Pentecost. They had something, didn't know what to call it. Now, we don't, we've got it, but we, we don't know, we don't have it. And so, the confusion there. A lot of confusion about the day of Pentecost. Now, there's one other thing associated with what happened there and the coming of the Holy Spirit. Since He lives inside you, Paul comes in Ephesians 5.18 and says, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? To be controlled. Not like filling this up. No, no, no. Not filling up something, but controlling you and controlling me. All of us who are saved are commanded to be filled or controlled with the Holy Spirit. Some of us in here are talking about revival and you almost sense things moving around and the Lord trying to do something wonderful. And He certainly is. Frank, you mentioned that this morning. You can sense the Lord's up to something and wanting to do some wonderful things. What can we do to help with that? We can't make revival come, but we sure can yield to the Holy Spirit. He's the reviver. He's the one who makes it happen. And if we'll all surrender to Him, I promise you business will pick up around here. Amen. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. All of us surrendering our lives to Him. You don't live the Christian life by trying harder. You live the Christian life by surrendering more. Surrendering Him who energizes you and enables you to live the Christian life. I can't live the Christian life. I'm a rascal. There's not much to me. And thank you for not saying amen. I can't live the Christian life. 
I can't do what's expected of me from the Word of God. Love your enemies. Pray for them who despitefully use you. Oh my, I can't do that. I can't even be faithful on my own. But He, the Holy Spirit, helps us to do this as we yield our lives to Him. There's a third and final baptism. I don't even like to mention this one, but here it is. It's the baptism of fire. And the last part of verse 11, those three words, look at it. And with fire. This is a different baptism. There's the baptism of Jesus. There's the baptism of Pentecost. Here's the baptism of fire. This is for those who are unsaved. It speaks of judgment coming. Now you've got to appreciate verse, you've got to appreciate Jewish culture to understand verse 12. Whose fan is in his hand, he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. Farmers in that day, when time for the harvest, would take the wheat, go up on a hillside where they knew the direction of the wind normally came, and they would toss that wheat up in the air and they had a little garner or a floor below it which was kind of carved out in the ground. It was lower than the rest of the ground. When the wind would come by, the farmer would throw that wheat up and the wind would blow through it and since the chaff was lighter, didn't weigh as much, the wind would blow the chaff away from the heat, the wheat and the wheat would fall down onto the garner. He would then pick up the wheat and put it away, but he would take the chaff and burn it. Chaff represents unsaved people. And Jesus said this, all who are unsaved on the day of judgment, they will be like that chaff. They will be burned with unquenchable fire. That sounds hard, doesn't it? But the Lord Jesus has already done all He can do to save you. He gave His life for you. Poured out His blood to pay a debt that He did not owe, a debt you owed but could not pay. And He paid it for you. If you reject that, you're going to experience the judgment of fire. Just as surely as I'm standing in front of you, you will experience that judgment of fire because you have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, it's not what you have done or what you have not done. It is not that you're not that bad of a person or not that good of a person. It's not what you've done or have not done. It is who you are. You are a poor sinner without Christ and that makes you guilty across the board as guilty as the worst sinner who's ever lived. God sees two groups, saved and unsaved. So don't think because you might not be as bad as some others that you might escape this judgment of fire. Oh no. Unless you trust the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, you will not be a part of the resurrection unto life, but the resurrection unto death. And the saddest thing I can think of in this room, though it's been a joyful morning, is to think there's someone in here who does not know our Savior. Please let me beg you, don't let anything stop you. Pride, 
or questions or indecision. Don't let anything stop you from coming and trusting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You say, preacher, I don't know much about this church stuff and religion. Listen, I was 14 years old when I was saved, and I was from Alabama, and that made it even worse because we were kind of slow down there. Oh, I heard that. <laughs> Deacons will deal with you after the service. <laughs> I was a little 14-year-old Alabama boy. I didn't know any verses in the Bible. I didn't know how to pray or nothing. But I was raised up in church. And that morning, the preacher preached, and something got hold of me. And it wasn't just my emotions. It was the sweet Holy Spirit of God convincing me, letting me see I was a poor sinner boy, and if I died that way, I'd go to hell. I gave my hand to the preacher, but I gave my heart to Jesus. Amen. And I was saved by the grace of God. And if He can save me, He can save you. Amen. So don't, don't put up any excuses. It's not worth it. Do you want to miss heaven and go to an eternal hell? That makes no sense. Please trust Christ as your personal Savior today. Let's bow for prayer and our musicians are coming. And we're going to sing in just a moment. This, this meeting, this service will be history in just a few minutes. But please don't let that page turn on your life and it be the same way as when you came in the building. You're among friends today if you don't know the Savior. There's nobody in here going to wonder, well, why are they coming forward? Oh, we'd be thrilled to have you in the family of God. If you'll say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, I'm sorry. Would you please forgive my sin and come into my heart and save me? He'll do that very thing for you today. But I wonder with heads bowed and eyes closed, how many of you can say, Preacher, I've already done that. I've trusted Christ as my Savior. I'm saved and I'm sure. If I die today, go straight to heaven. Preacher, I'm saved and sure. Can I see your hands? I know Him. Oh, I know Him. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Is there a man, woman, boy, or girl in this room with heads bowed and eyes closed and say, Preacher, I don't know if I die today and go to heaven. I'm just not sure. But I'd like to be remembered in prayer. Pray for me. Lift your hand up and put it back down. Just up and down. God bless you. Thank you. I see your hands. I see your hands. God bless you. You can come today and trust Jesus as your personal Savior. Somebody will take a Bible and show you how to be saved. How about you, dear one? You're saved, but you came in here with a burden. <clears throat> a burden on your heart. Difficult living in the 21st century is the whole new game. Preacher, I have burdens today, struggles, things I need some help with. Would you be my prayer partner and pray for me? I have burdens today. Lift your hand, please. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's stand, if you will, please, all of the building. <clears throat> you that raised your hands, you're unsaved. Come and trust the Savior. Leave the building in the family of God. Let Him help you today. You in burdens, you come as well. Roger, what are we singing? You know the song well.
folks sing it out. You that need to come for prayer, for salvation, for the lifting of a burden, you come while we sing. God bless you. I was into drugs, alcohol, and everything. 
change me. He changed his body. Amen. Amen. He changed me. Changed his body. But I, I'll bear it from God. Yes, sir. Amen. It's the second time to take me. I had a tree going 10 miles per hour on a ski jump. Fracturing my skull. I should have been dead at a 10-year-old boy. God saved me. Amen. Yeah. I didn't even know anybody saved me. And I thank y'all for the patience. And get pray for the people that lost in your, in your family. Amen. Yeah. In, your, in your life. People you know and don't know Jesus. Because... When they take their last breath, it's done. You can't Amen. do nothing after they're dead. You can't pray for a person dead. That's all I have to say. Thank you for the message. Oh, God bless you. Thank you for your love and your obedience to God. Amen. God bless you. We love you, Ricky. We call him Poppy around here. We just love him to pieces. Uh, let me give these out very quickly and then we'll go. The Farrell family, if one of you will come forward, please, and receive uh, both of these for Kenzie and Macy. All right, let's give them a big hand, will you? And come on down here. Bring, bring Maddox on down here. This is the fella behind the goggles. <laughs> There you go, buddy. We love you. Let's give him a big hand. That's just wonderful. Hasn't it been a wonderful day? Amen. Love it. Please come back tonight at 6 o'clock. This message will help you, encourage you, strengthen you so much. But let's pray and thank God for the wonderful morning. I'll be at the door as you leave. If I haven't met all of you, I'd love to meet you as you leave. And Brother Wayne Jackson, would you pray for us, please, sir? Thank you again. I send my praise. Amen. Amen.